Hi, and welcome to That Podcast. I'm Dave. And I'm Bo. And we've got a, a guest with us this week. We've got Kevin Boyd with us, um, known in places as Beryllium or Beryllium 9. Hi, Kevin. Hello. Um, we've got Kevin on for a special reason. Um, we wanted to talk about Silex. Um, if you didn't know, uh, sometime around November at SymphonyCon, uh, Fabian, uh, Fabian, sorry, uh, announced that uh, Silex was going to go end of life in uh, June 2018. So um, we just thought we'd uh, get Kevin on uh, to talk about it. And be- um, I believe we sort of first, uh, the first time I spoke to you was in the Silex IRC channel, uh, which is pretty much the same for me and Bo as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems a long time ago. I still idle in that channel, but I don't really chat much in there now. Um, I think we're all three of us have used Silex a lot in the past. You've not used it so much recently, have you, Bo? No, no I haven't used it much recently. How about you, Kevin? Are you a current user or are you? Uh, I'm uh, a bit of a current user in my side projects, uh, but professionally I haven't used it for a few years. Right. Well, I use it still day to day. Um, in a strange sort of capacity, I'm, um, it's so stable for me that I, I, I copy and pasted quite a lot of stuff and sort of um, made my own... For, version of Silex with it now um, but I still use it on a day-to-day basis so I'm, I'm not I don't think I'm going to miss it but it's uh, it's definitely a shift in the the way things are going uh, and I just, I just thought it'd be quite cool to talk about it um, so yeah one of the interesting things for me was that it was announced at SymphonyCon in November and yet by at least by December there's actually an issue someone posted an issue in the GitHub repo for Silex that um we, everyone saw a few tweets in November when it was announced at the conference, but there was no official blog post, no mention of it on the repo, um, which is a little bit, you know, disappointing, I suppose. But um, eventually in January, we got a blog post on symphony.com from Fabian announcing the official end of life for June. Um, and uh, the, the main reason they gave was uh, because Symphony Flex is so good. Um, and pretty much replaces Silex in, or replaces the philosophy that Silex was created for. Uh, so I haven't, I'm yet to actually sort of really try Symphony Flex, but how do you, how do you feel about that bow and having more, you probably have more experience with both of them than, than I have. Yeah. I've, I've dabbled with Flex a little bit. I'm working on uh, a talk that I'm going to be giving a couple of times this year on Flex. I think that, uh, Fabian's idea on this comes from migrating a bunch of Silex sites to Flex. Um, some of this has to do with some of the ongoing work for uh, Sensio Cloud, which hasn't been talked about since, or hasn't been talked a lot about since, I don't know, a year and a half ago. It was the, the previous SymphonyCon. Um, and so uh, sort of a, in a dog fooding experiment, um, uh, Sensio Labs has been moving some of their smaller projects onto Sensio Cloud to sort of see how they work, make sure that you know the deployment processes are are making sense. So um, a bunch of the uh, at least a bunch of the smaller sites, like say like the the Twig website or the Silex website itself, are little Silex apps. Um, you know, in some cases they might be static sites, but I think those two specifically are Silex apps or were. Um, and then the the process of creating uh symphony four based apps instead of going the silex route 
apparently was super easy for those sites. Um, Fabian might be a bit of a outlier in that sense because he's intimately familiar with with both frameworks. Mm-hmm. He wrote the original sites, uh, but at the same time, uh, even he was surprised by how well it worked uh, to kind of swap out Silex for uh, a Symphony Four based micro application. Yeah, it's quite interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I like the whole I like the whole philosophy behind Flex and. I don't know. The I think for a long time, I think people were saying that the way that Silex fit into the ecosystem was uh, if you want the architecture designs made for you, use Symfony. If you want to make your own architecture, use Silex. I, th- I think that's kind of the general idea that a lot of people in the early days uh, were using for Silex, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think... I don't know, really. I mean, I... I my introduction to Silex was a bit different from that. I think mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of people, their introduction to it was it was like Baby Symphony, wasn't it? It was mm-hmm. um, far fewer. I mean, Symphony's Symphony's documentation is good, but there's a reason why we started the develop they started the developer experience initiative a year or two ago because mm-hmm. the 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 documentation was a great technical manual for people who are intimately familiar with the way some of these concepts work, you know, I mean, the, the symphony manual is probably brilliant for people who are familiar with spring, for example, um, mm-hmm. somebody who's not familiar with that. Somebody who's coming from something like code igniter. Um, I think would have been found things a little bit more difficult. Um, whereas Silex, I don't think was that daunting to begin with. Um, I don't know, Kevin, well, I, I, I read your uh, post of Threnody of Silex. How did you actually get started in Silex? Uh, I, I got started in Silex uh, right around when Symphony 2 was uh, in its initial beta period. Uh, I guess maybe shortly after. But um, the, the thing that, that drew me toward it was it, it was a really rapid way to get up and running uh, just with a, a basic web application where you wouldn't have to necessarily think about things like routing and even in some cases security uh, because it was just basically you you install it and you're ready to go and you can just create your your index file and just immediately start having your your routes in there and uh, it, it was just a very low barrier to entry which I think is something that PHP itself benefits from uh, as well, because PHP itself has a fairly low barrier to entry. So it was like, first you get started with PHP, then you get into this micro-framework philosophy, and then when you need it, you can move up to the full-stack philosophy uh, to create larger applications that are more powerful. Yeah, I suppose, you, I mean, you're onto something there. In the, I mean, with uh, with the Symphony standard distribution, you're almost encouraged not to touch index.php, which is the kind of file a lot of PHP developers were used to writing, I suppose, um, before the advent of frameworks. Whereas Silex is actually the opposite. Index.php is probably a good starting place for a lot of people. Include include, include Silex, and then off you go. Um, my my uh, my introduction to Silex was slightly different. I mean, uh, I was um, I was already using Pimple. Um, I had a legacy app, um, and it's the same app I'm working on today. Uh, it was 
a bunch of uh, front controller files at the time. So, you know, it was profile.php, search.php and things like that. And I'd already started to refactor and try and bring things under control. And one of the things I did was introduce Pimple as a, a service locator at the time. So when I came to try and, you know, double down on this sort of modernizing of the code base, Silex was almost like quite a natural choice for me. I already had a, a fairly large container full of services uh, that I was using rather than including files manually or trying to wire things up manually or, or, or you know, include files full of wiring. Um, so, yeah, so it, mine was more like it, Silex made it easy for me to slowly migrate away from this crufty old PHP system to something a little bit more modern. Uh, it's definitely still quite crufty, but uh, better than a... Uh, than it used to be. Yeah, I, I had a similar experience on one of my hobby projects because it was written very much in the old school PHP philosophy of, like you said, front controllers in every file and uh, include a, a magic gigantic functions.php. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so for that hobby project, I, I took the same approach where first I, I got Pimple into the code base as a way of... Uh, creating a, a layer in the code base uh, to just make things mesh together a little bit more traditionally or best practices mm. wise, uh, I guess technically moving away from the traditions that had previously existed. Um, and like you said, it, it's from, from that stage of just getting the initial pimple container and then moving to Silex, it, it's a, a fairly comfortable jump because there's not a whole lot that has to change when you do that. And you, you get a bunch of benefits at the same time. So I, I took that approach for taking this, I guess you could say medium-sized hobby project, and, and just kind of get rid of those front controller files one at a time as I pulled them into Silex. It, it's true that uh, I ended up with a gigantic index.php file. It's a little bit of an issue with uh, uh, that approach of doing everything in the index.php. Um, but Silex actually has made it easy to subdivide that and uh, uh, reorganize it in a more traditional or a, a more framework-like way. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing I've I've been doing for a number of years now. I've slowly been building out towards... Okay, if I had to switch Silex to Symphony, could I do it? So everything I've done, I've I've had that at the back of my mind. It still would be a, a huge job for me to, uh, and I know it would be. I mean, partially just because I'm a bit behind on my Symphony versions as well. Just because, I mean, they 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 do guarantee some a fair amount of backwards compatibility, but there was still like a lot of things that I had to change to make that work. If that makes sense. Um, so yeah, and particularly around forms and security, uh, those two modules, they're, they're big, big modules and hard to keep track of. But yeah. So I mean, and one of the things I wanted to mention was uh, Bolt, uh, which is a content management system, and OpenCFP, which is the call for papers thing that quite a lot of PHP conferences now, they're both they're fairly big Silex apps. 
And um, I mean, Bolt actually had anticipated this because they're quite close to the community and they'd already started working on moving to Symphony Flex and OpenCFP is also now moving to Symphony Flex. So it's good to see that people have actually responded to this. And as far as I can tell, people aren't having that hard of a time moving. Uh, so that's pretty cool. So yeah, it's kind of sad in a way, but it's kind of, it seems like it was the right time. And if people aren't having that much of an issue moving, then it sounds like it probably was. And like Bo said, if, if it's based on evidence from uh, by Fabian, then it's all cool, isn't it? I seem to recall in the early days of me playing with Silex that a version of Laravel was based on Silex or built on top of Silex. Is that true? Uh, yeah, Laravel 4 was the initial code base for Laravel 4 was based on Silex. Okay. Um, I don't see people talking about that anymore. Um, so I, I don't just... think it, I don't think it ever, was ever made live. Um, mm, I think good. Okay. I mean, I think when Taylor does, uh, when he builds a new major, major version, it's weird because the the point versions are major in a way, aren't they? But the the really big changes, um, I think he does that privately Mm. until he's ready to ship. And then I say, yeah, so, uh, I mean, I only know through discussions with him. um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm sure he started off as, um, using building on top of Silex. And in a way, it's he made the right decision in that, like I said before, um, with my just with my application, Silex is so stable. It's not like I need to keep track of all these sweeping changes or anything. So mm-hmm. when I wanted to do something slightly differently, I, like, I, the, like the security service provider, I don't use it. I use my own mm-hmm. um, doctrine service provider. I don't use that. I use my own and so on and so monologue the same i use my own monologue service provider mm-hmm. and it makes it so easy yeah and it, a bunch of other classes i override and use and i think taylor said that he was doing that so much not necessarily because silex was not good enough but because he wanted to do things in a particular way or because the amount of stuff he wanted to put on top greatly outweighed the amount of code from silex so it's like mm-hmm. what's the point you know um I think that his his container too diverged quite a bit from Pimple, and for me, the container is one of the cooler parts of Laravel. The way that it it's working, uh, so I don't I don't I I kind of thought Taylor's container had been around for a lot longer, but I don't know maybe it didn't predate um, Laravel four being built on Silex. Um, he did have a ta- he did have a container around for a while, mm-hmm. uh, but how it worked, uh, I'm not sure of. Yeah. You know. I mean, you say it's uh, diverged. I don't think it has diverged. It's still, I mean, you can still do it. It's still, I mean, Silex, uh, Pimple doesn't have very many features, does it? No. You wouldn't say Laravel container is diverged from Pimple. You just say it's an extension of Pimple, just like all of them are, really. I mean, what features does Pimple have that any other container doesn't have? Right. No, I, I guess I meant, uh, I don't think it actually programmatically extends Pimple. Oh no, it doesn't. No, I just mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's what it. But it was it basically it got to the point where there was no point to. Silex was so small; mm-hmm. he was never going to use the Symphony Security module. Mm-hmm. He was never going to use Doctrine. You know, so those providers can be thrown out the window. Yeah. So what you left with? He stuck with the foundation. He, I mean, he actually 
he did use the routing for a while, but he pulled that out in the end, I think, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, although he still uses the compiler now because mm. uh, the Symphony, the compiler is excellent for the router, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I think it was, like you say, it was just at that point where he's changing so much, there's no point actually. So, yeah. yeah. But then, I, I would mean, say th- that's kind of one of the nice things about modern PHP is that you have that ability to choose and and uh, be flexible with your code base. Um, I, I was doing some research on PHP dependency injection containers recently, and I found that uh, there's actually a way, if I recall correctly, to run Silex with PHP DI instead of Pimple. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it, again, if I'm remembering correctly, but it sounded like an interesting way to go to uh, allow you more flexibility in the way that you build your applications. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a, there's a plethora of the DI containers now, isn't there? I, mean, I saw um, PHP DI actually said for version six they've got they can compile the container, which is pretty cool. Um, I mean, that's one thing that's always sort of drawn me to Symfony's container is compilation is. He's awesome. Yeah. It's funny you say that because uh, when you two were talking about how you found Silex, I was trying to remember where I was that got me to the point to use Silex. And I think it was um, looking at Symphony 2 beta, probably right around the same time you, you were, um, and not liking bundles. And one <laughs> yeah. of the big reasons I liked Silex was that the... Um, the way to extend uh, the pimple container was so much more pleasing than the way that you needed to extend Symphony. That uh, definitely. I mean, I, I, it's telling now that we don't do bundles anymore. Or mm-hmm. the recommendation, definitely for your app, is not to do bundles. Yeah, and even the third party bundles, I don't really like those that much. But I suppose Flex is probably making that a lot easier for people now mm-hmm. uh, to accept the bundles, if you like. But yeah. 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 So, um, Kevin, you had a Silex book in the works. So that's you and me. Bo, Bo, have you ever started writing a Silex book? No. <laughs> okay, so we Not just a Silex just, book. Just the two of us. We start both started writing Silex books. Uh, I think you've got much further than me, Kevin. But uh, what's your, what's your plan for that now? Uh, the plan is still a little bit up in the air. I uh, I got up to seven chapters. Uh, that's pretty so it good. Goes goes all the way from using Composer to install it to uh, like accepting file uploads and uh, styling it with uh, Material CSS, which is a Material philosophy um, um, CSS framework. Uh, and then the seventh chapter was uh, testing with PHP Unit. Uh, so I was able to cover how to, you can use the uh, the Symphony. Um, browser kit and dom crawler components to actually essentially remotely control your silex application and get the proper responses back and you know assert that they match all of your requirements based on your requests uh and then the chapter i was going to do after that was uh security uh and then i I don't know if either of you have written very much about the p uh the sentio and Symphony security component, but um, it's large. <laughs> yeah. It is, isn't it? Yep. Uh, so it, it kind of stalled there for most of 2017, really. 
And, uh, and then in November, like we're saying, the end of life was announced. So I'm not 100% sure what direction I'm going to go with the book. I might um, bake into it some instructions on uh, essentially moving legacy Silex apps to Symphony 4. Mm. I could see that, that being really useful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I've, I've been looking at people's blog posts about that and, and trying to... Um, come up with some strategies of how I might be able to present that. And it sounds like the chief problem area is uh, middleware mm. because yeah. Silex and Symphony 4 handle middleware completely differently. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, underlying the, under the hood, it's all the same mechanism, you know, there's no actual middleware, but it uses the event dispatcher. But, but yeah, I mean, in Silex we have before and after, we have that convenience of adding before and after method the before and after methods and you could do that on the the application so it'd be that'd be effectively before and after the front controller you could then do it on groups of uh, routes so it'd be before and after anything in this group and then you could even do it down to an individual route before and after as far as i know there's nothing like that for symphony itself you have before the response after the response, uh, sorry, before the request, after the request, right? So you, mm-hmm. each of your middleware would essentially have to do those things you'd done before. So you'd have to, you'd have to do if request URI is forward slash path or whatever mm-hmm. in, in those middlewares, which makes them definitely not as pretty and uh, probably not quite as useful, I think, uh, in that. that or definitely not. It's not the same, is it? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a valid point. I mean, there's actually, um, I don't know if you've seen it coming, but there's actually a, a GitHub issue where people are collecting sort of their war stories for all of this. So that might be worth, uh, might, you might find a few of the blog posts in there. And I think uh, when I start mo- making a, our way through to uh, Symphony Flex, you'll see a few from me, no doubt. <laughs> Mine's going to be huge though. I mean, you talk about the security module. I think I've got uh, four different firewalls in our monolithic app. So four different Symphony security firewalls, all with respective authorization, authentication, and probably middlewares for each one. And it's just going to be a nightmare. I know it is. Yeah, that definitely sounds more complex than the most complex Silex application I've made. (laughs) Yeah, it, it, we've got it. It's quite a big application. Uh, I can't remember how many routes. I, I, I like to think of uh, the number of routes as a really a reasonable measurement of how big uh, a PHP web app is. Let me have a look. See how many routes I've got. Sorry if you hear me tapping away. <laughs> I was just thinking back to what, one of the uh, more entertaining things that I built with Silex was a, uh, I called it a continuous deployment system. Okay. Started out as a series of bash scripts, but the goal was so that the marketing department could modify a Symphony 2 app directly in 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 uh, um, Subversion at the time. And uh, when they created their branch, it would automatically get deployed to a staging server. So it was continuously staging, I, I guess, what's the term that I was using? Um, so that if they were doing a marketing push like Black Friday or something like that, they'd be able to submit their changes, and then five minutes later it would be, or sometimes less than five minutes, it would be ready for them to see it. 
and uh, he used Silex to build a, uh, a nice dashboard of all of these branches so you could see what their build state was and whether they were up and running and whether they had broken any of the twig templates or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah, I actually... I used to have uh, twig templates in a database for so that anybody on our team could make changes uh, just because it's so usually for bits of content that are in and around the site, you know, um, in the middle of pages, if you like, in the middle of, you know, actual forms or dynamic pages. But it got to a point where I just didn't trust it enough and started bringing them all back. And I was like, just you just have to log into GitHub and make changes. At least then it'll have to go through the continuous integration and, then, uh, you know, any, any twig templates that don't compile will get picked up immediately and stuff like that so yeah i just had a quick look in uh, 460 routes for our app yeah. uh, which is a lot i think for i mean there's even i mean there's there's plenty of decent code in there where i've decoupled myself from the framework uh, but there's plenty of not decent code in there where i was like i don't need to i don't care to decouple myself from the framework here mm-hmm. uh so yeah, it's going to be a bit of a job uh, I converting. Think that, um, sometime last year, uh, I think it's uh, Frank DeJong um, did some uh, profiling and some testing on speeding up the routing. Uh, so the, the routing, I think in Symphony 3.4 was significantly faster than it had been in the past. Is that Have you been able to, to apply that change and see if it had an impact on your routing? Um... I'm trying to think. I remember, yeah, I remember Frank talking about it, but I can't remember what the change was. Mm-hmm. It's one of those weird things where he had a, for whatever reason, he hit this edge case where the mm-hmm. root compilation wasn't quite right or something. Uh, right. But the, yeah. I, what I remember was that in addition to fixing his case, he made everything else a little faster as well. Like it significantly improved his specific use case, uh, but everything else uh, got improved as well. Yeah, I honestly can't remember. I mean, yeah. just just getting the roots compiled for me, which is something that Silex doesn't do out of the box, yeah. uh, because it doesn't use the full router. It uses it used to use the uh, URL matcher mm. rather than mm. the full Symphony router router. Mm-hmm. But again, that's something that I've swapped out in Silex for the. So I use the full router now, and I can compile the roots, which is pretty cool. And it does that makes a big difference. So. Yeah, you've you've actually done a lot of custom code, but you've also put some of that back into Silex, right? I think the, the big one I remember was the controllers as a service yeah, feature. Um, yeah, I think I'm like the third or fourth highest contributor. Nice. Uh, quite quite a long way behind Fabian and Igor, but mm-hmm. yeah, uh, uh, I, I think quite a lot of small changes, to be honest, you know, because uh, mm-hmm. I was using it so much and yeah. I knew my way around it. Um, yeah. I remember really enjoying that back when I was using it more often just to be able to like the, the framework was small enough that you could almost know all the pieces of it or yeah. symphony. Like I think there's like a handful of people maybe that know all of the security component, <laughs> uh, you know, to be able to go in there and actually look at it and reason about it and figure out, you know, how to fix things. Whereas all of Silex, was mostly just a handful of service providers, really. Yeah, I, I agree. It's like um, I I I feel fairly familiar with the um, security component, mm-hmm. 
but only from my use through Silex. And even then, when I actually go and have a full look around, I'm thinking, I've never even seen this before. And yeah. that's because I'm using it within the context of Silex. And, um, you know, it, it's different, isn't it? Yeah. Even though it does actually quite a lot in Silex compared to the actual, what it does in the full, in the full mm-hmm. stack framework. It's yeah. incredible. Uh, the, the size and complexity and, and all of that. Yeah. It's crazy. The form component too is, is quite massive. I don't remember. Yeah, is is yeah. the form, is there a form component bridge or provider? Yeah, there's, or? A, there's a form provider in, in Silex. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I can't remember to what extent it does stuff compared to um, the full stack framework. But yeah, yeah. I, ha- I hadn't started that chapter yet. Yeah, no, <laughs> that one will take you a while. Yeah, another decade. Yeah, I think my yeah. my biggest uh, contribution to the Silex ecosystem was probably um, the Doctrine Orm service provider. Uh, I still get people giving me bugs for that, and I'm like, I, I'm not using Doctrine or Silex anymore. <laughs> so um, I'm relying pretty heavily on somebody else in the community and blanking on on their GitHub handle right now. Um, I actually asked them if they'd like to take over maintainership uh, of it for me because I'm not using it anymore. Um, but yeah, it just being able to provide something like that that a lot of people are using was really cool. Even though it was a, you know, a micro framework, people still wanted to be able to use Doctrine with it. Um, I think the other thing I did was I helped Celex. Did either of you use Celex? I, I looked I at it. Yeah, I didn't yeah. use it, but yeah, that was around, wasn't it? Yeah, Celex. Um, I think I contributed something that essentially made Celex just a service provider for Silex. <laughs> uh, like the the whole ability to add commands into Celex um, could have been brought. Like you could use that same exact uh, provider to add the same exact functionality to a Silex application. Uh, that was that was kind of fun to try and figure out how to get those two to play nicely. They they were very similar, but they actually had different interfaces. Um, but yeah, a lot of people wanted to be able to run console commands with their uh, Symfony applications. And I think Dave, I think that was one of my early PRs or something. And you, <laughs> I think you chimed in. It was maybe one of our first interactions with the PR. Like, well, I just do this, and it was like a, a two liner. Meanwhile, I'd built this whole package. <laughs> you're like, I do this, and this works great. <laughs> uh, I, I should find that. Every once in a while, I, I managed to bump into that PR again, and I laughed. I'm like, yeah, Dave and I have always had a similar relationship. <laughs> I'm just a cowboy. Yeah. But you know, it, it, you get the job done, and that's what matters most of the time. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Well, you, you've always been much more of the... Uh, do something and then and then go away and package it up for everybody else kind of guy i'm the yeah yeah i've, I've done my job <laughs> <laughs> off i go nice it's, uh, it's an interesting point though silex was actually uh when it started out it was also fairly decent for building command line stuff mm-hmm. and I, I tended to use um the symphony console component mm-hmm. and the uh there was another little package called i think PHP option kit or something like that. Mm, mm-hmm. That was another good utility for building command line PHP applications. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah absolutely. It's weird, isn't it? I, I'm going to be sad to, see, sad to see it go, but 
Yeah, it's it's times past, isn't it? Three thousand three thousand seven hundred stars on GitHub. They're just all going to be sort of gone. Mm-hmm. And oh. like I say, uh, I think it's probably the biggest. Uh, apart from mockery, probably my biggest sort of contribution mm-hmm. outside of. Uh, I mean, I, I'm I'm part of the sculpting team with you two, but I'm, I don't really get involved. I was always I said I'd get involved with triage and mm-hmm. things like that. And I, to be honest, I'll be really honest, I, I've barely looked at it for a, a good while now. But yeah, so um, Silex was kind of a forerunner in a lot of areas. We kind of talked about the components part of it, um, the micro framework part of it a little bit. Um, something else that I remember that isn't a thing anymore. I don't think is that Silex was originally distributed as a far and mm. like that was the only way it could be distributed. Um, or that's the only way they were supporting until composer actually started becoming usable. Um, so I, I think it was in a lot of ways. Um, I don't know if it was Igor or if it was Fabian's, uh, will, if you will, um, to use Silex as like a testing ground for all sorts of ideas and concepts. And I think it was successful in most of the ways, except maybe far deployment. <laughs> yeah, um, so, I remember too- lots of issues around the, the far. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we, we were just talking about command line stuff and this was right around the time that I started working on Sculpin. Um, so Silex for me was really exciting because I, I wanted to build a far application. Uh, Composer was interesting for me because I wanted to write a command line application distributed as a far uh, so there was a lot of stuff going on at that time, you know, back in the early days of, of Silex and Composer that, I don't know, I think a lot of people had a lot of fun. I know I, I got to meet you guys. Um, yeah, it was it was, it was was a cool time. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I, I think I've, I feel like I owe quite a bit to Silex. I, I wouldn't be as, as involved with the community if it wasn't for Silex. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, things like my first conference talks were involves silex and things yeah. like that so yeah and me and you guys uh me and igor i haven't spoken to igor for a while but yeah uh and i, I, I learned a lot from igor yeah doing doing so much and talking so much to him as well mm-hmm. yeah my my first uh conference was um in symphony live and that was mostly driven by composer i was back in uh, san francisco and then the following year was in portland with you uh when you were there uh, you weren't at that one, right, Kevin? Uh, no, I've uh, only been to the ones in San Francisco. Okay, yeah. So we, we missed each other by a year, but then this last year, we actually got to meet and hang out. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that, I mean, Silex, for me too, Dave, did the same thing. It, it drove a lot of my connections. It drew drove me to get more involved in the Symphony community uh, at a slightly different level than being like full symphony core contributor or anything, but I was definitely in the ecosystem. Yeah. Uh, and we had a lot of cool discussions in the Silex IRC channel. Uh, I think that was one of the coolest things that we did as a community was break that off at one point and actually have a channel dedicated for Silex. Uh, I, think, I don't remember what we were discussing before, but at some point someone decided we should go there and talk about fun stuff. Yeah, no, definitely. I think um, one thing um, I forgot to mention earlier is that, um, we quite often talked about Silex would always hold the Symphony components to account. In the um, we used we used Silex to enforce that backwards compatibility promise. In that they couldn't just go away and shadily change something in the standard distribution and in the components. You know, so 
Symphony Silex was always there as a way to test that the components are working as they should do across multiple yeah. versions, you know, different versions of different components working together in harmony and things like that. Mm. And I think it definitely served its goal in that respect. Um, I think Symphony has done really well over the years with its backwards compatibility. And yeah, I think uh, so that's pretty cool. Do either of you have any good examples of when that didn't work? Like specific changes that just really ruined your experiences in Silex. Um, I don't think I don't think anything that ruined our, our, my experiences, but there was definitely I, I definitely recall at least one or two issues coming up in Silex mm-hmm. where they'd sort of walked the edge, uh, mm-hmm. what you know, what the edge of the line. Uh, with regards to backwards compatibility and it did bounce back towards symphony in the end. And we changed things in symphony because Mm -hmm. of the way it affected Silex and it shouldn't have affected Silex. And it wasn't necessarily that it was a catastrophic change, Mm -hmm. you know, but it was, it was that thing where we said, you know, Silex shouldn't have to change for, for this change in symphony. You know, Silex was one of the first projects where you could say that it was, builds on not just one or two symphony components, but, you know, mm-hmm. a, a whole range of symphony components, trying to make them work together, yeah. trying to make them wire them up independently, you know, because the way the, the X and all that XML in the st- standard distribution, you know, the content container wiring that we used to have, I know we don't have as much anymore, but you know, that was crazy. Some of it, the way it went down and all the um, container passes and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so it kept, I think Silex kept people a bit honest in that regard, not necessarily saying they were dishonest, but do you know what I mean? Um, and I think it did work. I, I can't think of anything where it's really blowing up Silex to, or of course, major problems for Silex. And that's because of the, the quality of the people working mm-hmm. on Symphony, I'd say. Uh, for my part, I would say the uh, the only issue I really encountered was just upgrading from Silex 1 to Silex 2 mm. uh, because of the pimple change where when you were defining your services, it switched from uh, uh, having to s- explicitly say that a service was shared versus just having it implicitly be shared. Mm. And yeah. I, I very much liked the change, but I did have to make a lot of... Uh, edits in the code to get it working fully. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't changed because of that, basically. So I'm still on Silex 1. Um, I actually wrote my own auto-wiring for Pimple. I, and again, so I don't use Pimple officially anymore. I use my own version of Pimple <laughs> with auto-wiring injected in. Um, and I, that was to start to facilitate that, basically. As in, if I can get rid of all of my definitions it's easier than migrating all of the definitions and worrying about that kind of thing. So yeah, mm-hmm. that was a, that was a change, but you know, like I say, it wasn't necessarily, that wasn't caused by symphony at all. That was just a change in the way we saw how people were working and sharing the services was more common than not sharing them. So we went mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. So uh, aside from that, the only other issue that I've encountered is uh, sometimes if you're doing complex things with twig, you lose some of the benefits of lazy loading. Mm. But uh, I've been able to work around that. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So, uh, is there anything else we have? It's been a bit of a flat episode, I think. Right? We've just been sort of like uh, reminiscing a little bit about how, <laughs> how we used to use Silex. And I think it's probably, we could probably revisit this when we've all really got stuck into Symphony Flex, or maybe I could. I mean, I could be, I could be talking about this for the next few years, probably. Yeah. <laughs> the, the way I'm going to have to go, go at it. But yeah. So, uh, Kevin, you seem to be someone who uses a lot of unique words. I feel like I've seen seen that on more than one occasion where I've had to look up words that you've written. Um, you explained Threnody. So uh, it sounds like that's what we've been doing. <laughs> essentially. Yeah. Um, so it, it's essentially a, a type of, uh, basically it, it's been described as like a, a dirge or, you know, sort of a funereal sense to something. Mm-hmm. I felt that it fully conveyed sort of the, the sense of sadness with a tinge of hope that we get from the the symphony four and flex stuff. But specifically, I actually only encountered this word recently um, because there was a, uh, a browser based game called uh, universal paperclips. Okay. And if anyone's played that it's, it's a very bare bones web interface, but it's a very addictive game despite that. And later on in the game without spoiling it, some of the things that you can unlock are, are various threnities or sad tributes to mm-hmm. battles that have been uh, nice. lost, lost. So, yeah. Well, we'll cool. make sure to link to that in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty fun one. Well, uh, thank you for coming on, Kevin. Uh, and thank you, Bo, as always. Right. Thank you for uh, having me on. It's been pretty fun. Sounds good. All right, we'll call it a wrap. You've been listening to that podcast with Bo and Dave. You can find Bo on Twitter and Google Plus at Bo Simonson and Dave on Twitter at Dave Development. You can subscribe to this podcast and review it on iTunes. If you'd like to review us but don't feel like we've earned five stars, email us so that we can talk about your issues. You can also subscribe to this podcast with RSS from our website, thatpodcast.io. From our website, you can also sign up for our newsletter to get super secret extra content from Bo and Dave sent directly to your inbox. Like the music? You can thank Gorillo for allowing us to sample the track Dust Kingdom for our intro and outro. You can find Dust Kingdom and other tracks by Grillo at grillo.bandcamp.com, spelled G-R-I-L-L-O. 